You guys, this is the best article title that I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> it's from a website called popculture.com. And the title is TV star and rapper confirmed that they're dating. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping they were going to get together. <laughs> I was waiting for it. This is the will they won't they have TV star and rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And no, you did not accidentally go back several years in our feed. <laughs> We're we're doing skyhawks again. We couldn't stay away. Part if two, baby. It's raining. It's raining hunks from the sky, from the space, from space. It's like a meteor shower of of man meat, and uh, and we're here. We're we're just standing standing down in the you know, and our, we're leaning out our bedroom windows with our mouths open, trying to catch on on our tongue. Uh, uh, I I can confirm that I'm doing that, but I would also like to point out. Uh, Andy, you've missed a you missed a brilliant opportunity to combine man meat and meteor shower. Oh, man meteor shower! Now All I right. love this and what's happening right now, uh, <laughs> but I for the people who haven't listened to our podcast for five whole years or whatever, um, oh, don't overestimate it. I think it's four. <laughs> well, it's getting there. 2017, 2022. It's almost. We're, uh, we're getting there. But what uh, what's a skyhunks? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what a skyhunk is a hunk what been up in that sky, and usually it means that they're behind the 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 wheel. Planes don't have wheels. What do they have? Stick? They're on the stick. They're on the they're on that big good throttle stick up in the sky, and they're flying around in planes or jets or mechs, and uh, and we think it's really hot. We're we're a pretty big fan of them. Last time, last time we, it was like one of our longest arcs. We spent ten weeks with a variety <laughs> of wonderful airborne men, and because uh, that seems like a real full genre of cartoon that gets made time and time again, is just is dudes in dudes in aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just cartoons. Uh, there's I don't know. I mean, is there is the plane? just sort of an inherently sexy mode of transit or or thing for a man to have total control over. Well, it is the cockpit. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, this is this is good. I like that. I need yeah. I need more I need more of those, please. So, would you say that we are jumping in to some like real listener friendly like episode 1s of shows <laughs> so that people who haven't listened to Skyhunks kind of know what's going on? <laughs> no. Why would we fucking do that, you stupid bitch? What do do you think this is? This podcast is not here to help you. That's right. This is our most self-indulgent arc. I think before I said it was our Saber Rider and uh, Pirates, (laughs) Saber Pirates arc. Uh, No, now this is our most self-indulgent arc because we want to watch Robotech again. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, that's that's actually pretty oh, much the entire point. <laughs> what are my Wobbletech. Yeah, no, we we watched uh we watched ten episodes of Robotech back when we did this arc originally, and uh alongside it we had what was it? It was it was Sky Ring Surfer Strike Force and, and Sky Ring Surfer Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Uh, both delicious and delightful, but Robotech actually has meat on its bones. Uh, the that... one constant through a Skyhunks is always <laughs> the presence of a Robotech. There must always a Robotech be. Uh, yeah, when the when the hunks are in the sky, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the I rhyme think... goes, as the famous yeah. rhyme goes. Mm-hmm. No, this this time around though, we have a new we have a new pairing. Uh, alongside Robotech, can somebody tell me what we've decided to return to as well? Exo Squad. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know, listen, listener, that sound of remembrance that you've just made when you hear Exo Squad. <laughs> you know, your favorite show from childhood, Exo Squad. <laughs> uh, you know, famous, famously exciting and memorable. Exo Squad. Now, now, I I feel like you're shitting on it before we've already even gotten there. We decided. To watch more Exo Squad because we watched episode one of Exo Squad when we were doing uh, peak nineties bullshit, That's and this right. was like our accidental oops. We thought this was bullshit, and turns out it's not. Yeah, uh, and we wanted to we wanted to look into it a little more, and it was, seemed like a perfect excuse. Um, I feel like when we actually get into the segments, we can do a little bit of what happened last time. Robotech's <laughs> going to be a real doozy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I'm really I'm really excited. I actually don't know if. <laughs> I mean, I mean, pulse of the room. Is this another one of our long ones? Are we going to hang out here for a little bit? Mm, you know, I it may take a little bit of time for uh, uh, for the the magic eight ball to sort of settle on on an answer. Uh, this episode of Exo Squad didn't bring me quite as much as uh, yeah as the first one, but it's got it's got kernels. So and admirals and lieutenants <laughs> and captains. <laughs> oh, brother. No, I cancel that. We're, this... we're <laughs> you can't just cancel something I already said. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking let's just let's do it. I want to talk about Robotech. I want to be I want to remind ourselves of of hunks once but once gone by. Hunks gone by. Let's do it. My my big up high hunks and my down low clowns. I don't, you know, we didn't the set down, up the, the down theme, low so. the, the down low clown show. Yeah, the downtown clown pound. <laughs> <laughs> or you take lost clowns. <laughs> oh, I believe there's a couple clowns that are wandering in the park, <laughs> and I thought they needed. Okay, uh, this look. is just everybody from Congress. <laughs> <laughs> couple of senators out here <laughs> alright everybody 
we came back to Robotech. And appropriately, this episode, episode 15, is titled Homecoming. Uh, and I'm going to read the synopsis, but don't worry. We're going to get refresher after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is... Uh, Rick secretly flies Minmay to Japan to visit her family in Yokohama, but things go sour as Minmay defies her parents' wishes to stay with them. Her pacifist cousin, Lynn Kyle, offers to watch <laughs> over her as they fly back to SDF-1. Meanwhile, Captain Global and Lisa Hayes fly to the United Earth Government's headquarters in Alaska to be debriefed on the voyage and the Zentradi's battle capabilities. However, they discovered that the UEG leadership covered up the SDF-1 spaceful jump, claiming to the world that anti-unification rebels detonated nuclear weapons on the place. On the place? (laughs) (laughs) Wikipedia, you did so well for like 90% of that, and then you ended with detonated nuclear weapons on the place. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm really going to blow a nuke on this plate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you guys? So I did a I did a bunch of refreshing. Did did all y'all get a chance to 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 at least remind yourselves of the characters and stuff before I we jumped did. in? Yeah, I went through some stuff. Yeah, watched a few episodes, listened to a few episodes of our podcast, and I feel pretty pretty competent. Yeah, I I I watched uh, episode thirteen and fourteen. In Why did you watch 14? I guess it is a clip show. It gives you a yeah, little bit of a catch up. Yeah, because the clip show gave me the entire, you know, summary <laughs> you of the to, season. You had to listen to Captain Global do it, though. Yeah, but he's great. <laughs> yeah, we have skipped a couple episodes. So we ended on episode 12 uh, when we did this arc originally. And we skipped episode 13, which I feel like I thought episode 13 was kind of OK to skip. It's sort of a it's sort of a just sort of denouement to the first like act of the story they get home they they it's basically here actually let's not even talk about that let's talk about the show a big picture for anybody who may not yeah. have watched any of robotech right anybody got a, a nice sort of i think i can do this i think i can all do right this. all okay. right well i'll step in if you can't okay so basically there was a crash landed alien ship that hit the like south pacific and That ship had a bunch of weird, crazy technology that everybody on Earth all took and made into a super battleship and also a city, Macross City, uh, wherever it crash landed. And then it became this cool place. And then the Zentradi (laughs) came in and attacked it. And in in a in like a self when they were doing like a test flight and during this test flight of the Macross Super Fortress. Uh, we have our main characters introduced, our like hot pilots, our skyhunks. They're uh, so Rick, hot. Rick Hunter mm-hmm. and uh, his friend Roy Folker. Folker. Roy Folker. And Lil, Lil Folker. And <laughs> um, no, he's actually quite big. Uh, and then we have like Lynn Minmay, the uh, singer, young starlet who kind of gets wrapped up in all of it as well. Uh, but in a way to escape the Zentradi, uh, Captain Global of this ship executes a risky spacefold jump and it glomps, it absorbs all of Macross City with it and takes it everything to Pluto. And they're like, fuck. So they have to, they have <laughs> to take the all the people planet. who are, all the people who are in, who are now in like a floating space city, 
basically, and put them inside the ship and convert this battleship into like into like a a downtown mall, um, <laughs> as well as being the Star Trek Enterprise and have like a zoo and parks and everything. And uh, then they're still fighting the Zentradi on the way back home. Yeah, because the Zentradi want their ship. They want to recover this ship. That's what they were after in the first place. Right. Um, yeah, and and something we really praised about the show was like how often it goes into the nitty gritty details instead of just what could have been really hand wavy that I think a lot of sci-fi just sort of is hand wavy about like human survivors and like when this ship battleship transforms into like a big robot guy, (laughs) things happen. There are consequences. People who are in cars, those cars and trees and things go vertical, you know, when they were once (laughs) happily horizontal. Uh, And that's like a huge problem, but it's really interesting and cool because the show like, you know, does stuff with it. Yeah. Sorry, but downtown needed to become a bad, a giant robot leg. And yeah. that's not our problem if you yeah, build downtown the, on my leg. The Shakey's Pizza is, is <laughs> the site of a missile battery and needs to be <laughs> utilized for war. Yeah. And so um, we've got like the bridge crew. We've got Claudia and Lisa who are both baller and awesome. And they're uh, at one point I'm going to jump, but they they're past Mars. They're almost home. But Lisa gets kidnapped aboard the Zentradi ship and they interrogate her and they want to know about like their protoculture and the humans are like, what the fuck is protoculture? What the hell is going on with this stuff? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, you don't guys, you don't, you don't like, you know, do it, do you? And like, oh yeah, we kiss. <laughs> and then they show off uh, Rick Hunter and like, and, and Lisa have a, a passionate kiss much to the disgust of all the Zentradi who are very big. Yes, also, they're, they're very huge big, tall, people. tall monster alien people. <laughs> and they are just so ooged out by humans kissing. Because they don't like, have emotions, I guess. I don't it it's it's unclear. They have emotions, but their uh their society is is extremely segregated. So the idea of kissing a, a, a female is is very strange to all these giant men because they're all cloned. I don't think any right. of them fuck. Right. They don't fuck and it seems weird. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just take it home by saying that, uh, by they go after, home. yeah, they do go home, they get away, there's a whole bunch of, you know, that we're building a little bit of a love triangle, Rick and, Rick and Minmay are sort of, on paper, kind of, not sort of, not really interested in each other, it's hard to say, Minmay is, we, we spend a lot of time, She's uh, flighty in our original, and indecisive, and, yeah, uh, uh, likes to be a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're getting an, uh, a hint that Rick might potentially be interested in uh, Lisa Hayes, the sort of bridge commander character who's an older woman uh, and the one that he had to kiss to make the, the aliens yeah, Get scared. it, Rick? Get it, Rick. Coming down the coog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, hey, so Lisa, they, they... I'm down to coog. <laughs> in the episode 13 that we skipped... Uh, after getting home and and after getting back to the the station after being kidnapped, uh, they their this is their last stretch uh, towards getting back home to Earth, and uh, they are they're they're getting attacked by the Zentradi on the way, but uh, most of this is being done by sort of a, a a rogue hothead named Chiron who's leading his fleet and his superior officers like I get it you want to fight the Earth people but. 
we didn't give you an order to do this, so stop. And uh, by way of, I guess, disciplining Chiron, they're like, nah, let the Earth guys go home. And everyone gets home safe and sound. <laughs> and that's sort of where we're left off. With uh, the exception that also the Zentradi did send three three perverts. Uh, and oh, make yeah. them- <laughs> They send three sex perverts to become very small and human-sized. And they go and infiltrate the Macross ship and sort of infiltrate human society. So we are just beginning to see their kind of their, their sexual mission to understand <laughs> and potentially become masters of human sexuality. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, I think in the episode we skipped, they like end up at Minmay's concert. Is that right? They do. Yeah. Uh, and they're yeah, watching and, they, and they're like, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. They like start to dance and like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, so there are sex perverts there. Um <laughs> and and yeah, here we are. Here we are at this at this uh this new episode which is kind of a I don't know, it's like a lull almost. I think it's interesting. It's good it's for like a setup. segue episode. But yeah, it's it's definitely like one of the main things that we learned this week that I find very interesting. Um I guess I didn't see coming like I mildly did, but the Earth government has basically hidden the existence of these aliens from everyone on the planet. Uh, and the, they're like, this is like the main reason we find out near the end that they're like dragging their heels on letting the 70,000 civilians from the SDF-1 get back to their homes because they're like, no. We already did all the, it's so lame. They're like, we already did all the paperwork for 70,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not, we're just not undoing it. They, they seem, it seems very much rooted in bureaucratic laziness than Mm -hmm. any real, any reasonable reason why they shouldn't be able to return to their homes. Which is why it's so realistic, I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because a lot of shows in this ilk, uh, you know, your Voltrons and such would be far more interested in when we get to the next laser space giant robot battle Mm -hmm. that. They're really going to hand wave again, hand wave a lot of this stuff like, hey, this ship just finished its two year mission. Basically, like it came home and it's like, hey, we we made it. We survived. You guys all thought we were dead or whatever. And they're like, oh, oh, boy. Uh, Oof. <laughs> ooh, I don't know how to break this to you, but um, <laughs> you yeah. need to still be dead. <laughs> it does it does seem equally split between we don't want to undo all of these death certificate paperworks and also we're pretty sure that if 70,000 people show up with tales of an alien battle that that'll freak out everyone else on earth who doesn't know about the aliens and we're right. kind of cool with that scenario. Yeah, they they do they do mention that quite proudly their disinformation campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so the the our heroes on the ship are like super worried that like, hey, Zentradi are gonna come for Earth and they're gonna really like, you know, Roger us good and <laughs> we need to be ready for this and we need to mm-hmm. like maybe try to be on top of our diplomacy and everything. And there is a grain of truth to the to the Earth people that are like, You think we can win against a force like that? We don't know whether we can or not. The point is, we don't understand the alien thinking. We hardly understand their robo-technology. How can we begin peace talks with them? We have no way of knowing if they would participate in good faith or simply ignore the results and attack us yes. again. 
Well, Captain, uh, we think our Grand Cannon will protect us as long as we stay prepared and alert. We don't want to give up that advantage through a peace conference. And also, have you seen our fucking giant gun, though? Also, we made a very big gun <laughs> that's in Alaska, and it's going to shoot anybody. And so we kind of think we're good on this. <laughs> we think we're good. We've got a very big gun. And yeah. for some reason, um, like this just deep, deep hole in the ground where they've built their base. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed it, when, when you see the scale of it, because mm. for a while we're just watching uh, the the Admiral and Lisa are just like on an elevator. But then we do cut to the outside of the elevator and it's just careening down this enormous tube. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And it's like you're in the barrel of the gun right now. Like the elevator is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. Actually, this part was so funny. Oh, so I actually is... missed that. I thought they just kind of built the tube to kind of be down, like to get no, down it's there. Like literally the the elevator is literally in the gun. OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I found this this kind of so funny. So this is basically our uh, our B plot for the episode is watching uh, Global and Lisa sort of deal with the new the, the United Earth government. Uh, and it's, we spend so long getting them there. Like they're, they fly there in secret. They go past these security checkpoints. They get into the tube. They go down this elevator, like six miles underground, presumably to go meet with the leaders of the earth. And when they finally get to the audience chamber, the leaders of the earth talk to them on screens. Yeah, <laughs> they're on not screens. even in they're the room. There. Yeah. <laughs> the, the meeting didn't have to do the rest at all, but the, it's such an interesting, I, I think sort of twist on the on the star trek utopia where we we have united all the nations and and eliminated war and the government that has that has accomplished these things or at least inherited it just sucks yeah like like, yes we've Mm -hmm. achieved world peace and we're done doing things now (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) yeah totally we built a gun for fun in alaska i guess no one well, was using it's, that. It's really interesting too, having just watched Saber Rider, and uh, nothing is inherently interesting about that. But <laughs> uh, we had uh, April Eagle and her her daddy, uh, mm-hmm. who was the you know whatever chief of their version of their their global government or mm-hmm. you know galactic government or something, and and. She she had a great relationship with him and she was like, What's up, Daddy? Come on, let's let's go hang out and let's go shoot some <laughs> turn some guys into vapor or whatever. Like I love you. <laughs> you don't call me enough anymore, Daddy. Yeah. And now Lisa Hayes, her father is part of this team, part of this council. The global council. Right. And they're like, she and Global are sharing stories about her father ahead of time that he's like doing these fun. He did these like fun pranks or whatever it was a real it was a real military prankster back in the day yeah and it's fun and they share these really nice this really nice genuine moment of laughter and the actors do a great job mm-hmm. uh with this scene it's 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 actually really nice um and, and kind of surprising my father was responsible for all this i didn't know that your father has always been very decisive when we were serving together a problem came up once about inadequate rations for the men when he couldn't get any action from headquarters he ordered our entire division to raid the food supplies of the commanding general my father <laughs> got away with that really it's true <laughs> i can hardly believe it <laughs> and then we find out that he's a huge douche and he's God, part he's of a this. Douche. He's part of this this council that it just does not give a shit. 
and uh and then extends an invite to lisa to like hey uh do you still want to like get lunch or something <laughs> just like i don't <laughs> i don't want to hang out with him right now yeah this is after like in the middle of the meeting, she's like, Father, this is too much to ask of all those civilians. Commander Hayes, we may be father and daughter, but while we're here, I expect to be addressed according to my rank. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Damn, yeah. son. Damn. Yeah, uh, Lisa's Lisa's not doing so hot. And and to remind everybody, Lisa's been through, I'll say, a lot. Uh, her fiancé died on Mars uh, oh, a little while, right. like a while ago, she's like actively still grieving him. Uh, and then she got kidnapped and then she had to like find her way out. And like, and I don't French know, every teen. little, she had a French, a teen. <laughs> <laughs> it was for, for my country, for my country. <laughs> um, but then like, yeah, it's like every little thing seems to remind her of her, you know, her sadness and like her dad's an asshole and she misses her fiance and I don't know. She's, she's very cool. And, and seeing her tear up his like, hmm, well, let's, let's hang out note from her dad. Cause he's like, I'm going to, I'm, I, that was the other thing. He's being very sort of uh, uh, patriarchal about like the battle fortress is a very dangerous place. And I'm working on getting you reassigned to another ship. And she's basically right. like, yeah. fuck that. Fuck I spent you. two years on Pluto. <laughs> 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 yeah. I saved the fucking galaxy for you, Dad. <laughs> and then, he, and then the, the council doesn't even believe half of their account. Yeah, it's really fucked. Yeah. yeah. It hurts. So let's talk about Rick and Min May. <laughs> oh boy, my favorite topic, Min May. <laughs> Lin Min May. <laughs> So essentially, Min May needs to go home to see her parents because, again, or this is the first returning. time she's been allowed to. I think is sort of the yes, that's the implication she's of the a time. celebrity. She's getting some kind of special clearance to go. Yeah, because no one else gets to go home. She's getting like a special escort to go see her family. Uh, but I don't think we know that they were a secret when they arrived. No, no. It provides it provides a much needed context for the moment when she comes home. Yes. Right. Yes, because what happens is pretty <laughs> wild. But but before that moment, uh, Min May starts spouting off some weird shit about how like, <laughs> well, this is quite a turnout for you, Min May. Yes, I suppose these mobs are part of the price one must pay for fame. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't gone to her head at all. Her like uh, ten seconds of fame. It, here's the fun thing. I I loved this because. We're in kind of again. We're in cartoon logic. She's a she's a sort of classic idol, and everything we've seen of her would sort of suggest that we're sort of hand waving this that that you know she's a famous pop star, right? Mm-hmm. And it does come up with her parents, and they're like, "You're not. You're boat famous. You're not like <laughs> real famous." Yeah, that's okay. So that's exactly <laughs> what I was starting to realize was like. You are when she the whole time she said she was famous and then she was like she had like some movies they were going to do like she's talking yeah. in the plane with Rick about like, oh, it's great to get away. But when I get back, I have a whole lot of work to make up. You should see all that they want me to do. I suppose it fills your time. Oh, yes. When I get back, I've got to do a television show and then I'm casting a play. Why, I'm even supposed to do a movie. That's going to be great. Mm. I expect to work really hard. This is my first movie, you know. And at first I'm thinking, like, God, they're going to Judy Garland, this girl. Like, she's going <laughs> to just mm-hmm. get, get, you know, completely burnt out. The studio's going to just ruin this ruin this poor lady. Um, and she just, like, passes out from t- from sleep exhaustion or whatever yeah. in the plane. 
Um, but yeah, because nobody knows that she's alive. Uh, <laughs> she's just famous with the 70,000 people on the, <laughs> on the ship. Yeah. And when she talks about doing a TV show and a movie, I'm pretty sure those are being produced by people on the SDF one. Like, the, like this is a very small ecosystem. This is like, like becoming, one director. It's becoming like Miss Dayton, Ohio or something. <laughs> yeah. <like. laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I mean, obviously she's very talented and I'm sure that given the uh, right opportunity or whatever, blah, 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 blah. She would be famous back home in Japan or, or who knows. But, uh, but yeah, it is it is such a funny thing, especially because when we get so he he Rick flies her there, flies her home to Yokohama and she's kind of trying to show him around all the stuff she remembers and he, and is getting annoyed at him that he doesn't seem very impressed at them. Well, uh, also because Lynn Lynn Minmay is very sort of Chinese and, you know, like her her outfit, her like pop star outfit is very sort of Chinese inspired. And so it was mm-hmm. first I was like, Japan. Uh, but she, her family lives in the Chinatown in Yokohama and own yeah. like a Chinese mm-hmm. restaurant in there. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. I like it. It's a fun it's a, detail. It's, it yeah. is a fun detail. Uh, and I guess, I guess what I also like about this is that, and, and I don't know that this is really, this really counts as a spoiler anymore to say, but like the relationship between Rick and Minmay is one that is sort of constantly undefined or sort of fraught with like are are either of them into it like rick frequently is like very into her but then like we have these moments like this where she's clearly trying to share something about her life with him and show him around yokohama and he's like "Uh uh-huh yeah yeah mm -hmm." didn't he have a line where he says like i'd forgotten how i fell for her yeah 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 it's It's a weird line he's so clearly like torn about things and i well, do like got, getting to see it they've both got zero game and wind up hurting each other yes and, you know constantly yeah right. well because they've always been shoved together by deadly circumstances basically, <laughs> not yeah. like actual genuine attraction which i think they yeah. start to realize yeah because he got stuck with her in a hole in the ship and then they had like two weeks alone and almost got fake married <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Oh God, that's right. They had like I think a little we're gonna wedding. die, Rick. Can we yeah. have a wedding? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I guess. Um. So the the fun wrinkle here, I think, is that her parents Space are bright. very short, like very briefly happy to see her. Mostly just shocked because they were a hundred percent sure she was dead. Uh, and then. Like immediately her dad's like, why the fuck didn't you call me if you were alive? And like Rory (laughs) was saying, this comes before we realize what's going on. And it feels very odd. But when we learn. It does not paint her in a great light. We only know later. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, because like I'm trying to imagine a world where like, you know, Dua Lipa's parents think that she's dead. You know, (laughs) they just have it turned on the radio, I guess. Uh Like, like. but yeah. but it it is it is obviously made like it, it makes total sense when you realize that literally no one on earth knows what's happened with the macross like they think that there was a horrible accident and everyone on that island died and then a year later she shows up and she's not dead they're like well where the fuck have you been like it's but a reasonable question they're also though yeah. 
very nonplussed by her yeah, we breathe through. <laughs> I'd like to clip drop just the tone of okay. I've just bef- set the stage. Imagine you think your your beautiful child is dead, and then appears alive at your front door a year and a half later, whatever. And then this is how you react. Oh, Don't you recognize me? Does that mean you do? Minmay, we were sure you'd been killed. No, I'm home. Oh, oh I can't mm. believe it. Our darling little girl is home. She wasn't taken from us. Well, I was, but they brought me back. Huh? Back from where and who's this? This is Rick, mother. He's the boy who saved my life. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, young man. Uh, well, uh, gee, I really don't know what to say. May. Oh. We thought you were dead. If you were alive, why didn't you even try to contact us? Hmm? <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's really weird. And, and yeah. like, you know. They have to cover a shitload of both plot and emotional range in a very short amount of time. Yeah, uh, it it is. It's not successful at it, but I I did know that it was. I don't know that that scene was ever gonna be what it needed to be with less yeah. than twenty minutes. <laughs> the anger came a lot faster than I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think what they what they really needed to do was make sure that we breezed past the parent interaction so that we could save as much time as humanly possible for Lynn Kyle, the cousin hunk. For Lynn Kyle, who sort yes. of strolls in like, oh hey, what's up? You're live. That's cool. <laughs> Hey, what's all the screaming about down here? I can't concentrate enough to get my studies done. Huh? Minmay! So, uh, you've now met Lynn Kyle, the cousin who's definitely not trying to fuck, I guess. Maybe? Maybe not. Why are they cousins? They're they're very canoodly. They could just be childhood (laughs) best friends, right? I mean, but they have to be cousins. Yeah, they're they're full-on just fucking cousins. And, uh... (laughs) And fucking cousins, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Lynn Kyle, uh, who we can just call Kyle if we want. It's fine. No, like we call no, Min-may, let's call Min-may. him Lynn. No, I think Lin- we'll Lynn call Kyle. Lynn Kyle. Lynn Kyle is a pacifist and very aggressive about it. And when he imme- when he finds out that Rick is a member of the military. He's so hot under the collar so fast. And uh it's interesting, I guess. I mean like it be is on Twitter. He'd <laughs> <laughs> do well there. Yeah. But like I don't know. I'm trying to find what he what it what it was that he said. Uh oh yeah. He's like he he won't even he won't even thank Rick when she's like, oh yeah he Mrs. Rick he saved my life. And he basically is like I thought soldiers were expected to aid civilians in times of emergency. It's like, I'm not going to fucking thank you. That's your job. And yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, relationship, especially when they're just cuddling the whole way back in the in the passenger seat of his his jet. <laughs> and he's just watching them through his rearview mirror or whatever, like. Yeah, and he's like, hey, could you guys maybe not fuck back there? And they're like, oh, Rick. Oh, you, you goof. <laughs> we're, we're cousins. It's not weird. It's not fucking weird. Nothing's happening back here, Rick. Shut up. Eyes forward. <laughs> you kiss your cousin with that mouth? <laughs> God. Yeah. So this is this is definitely like... uh. Lynn Kyle's going to be a, a wrinkle for a minute here in on on the show. Yeah, but maybe because like Rick's already like 
Gamunai's for Lisa. So I don't even know what the real conflict is. Like, I mean, you say that. I think it's not as I think it's not as cut and dry as that at the moment. I think I think it's very much like, you know, under duress, we kissed for for aliens. And maybe I'm a little interested in her, but I I don't know. I think I think he's having trouble ignoring the uh, the bright, cheerful pop star who's in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 funny to see him get so tilted, though, about the cousin canoodling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there I think that's that's like the bulk of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. A few other little stray moments here I wanted to call out. Uh, did anybody else notice the. Uh, the the naked the the titties the the naked <laughs> the naked woman poster yeah that's right yeah we didn't talk about and Roy Roy's room Claudia and Roy sort of go in for for a chat and in Roy's room he's just got a full full sort of nudie photo on the wall <laughs> I I have to imagine in the actual English language Robotech release they censored it in some way I would assume I think the version that we watched which is on YouTube by the way uh which still had the original dialogue audio but i think they were using some kind of new remastered uh artwork or something like the original boards or something i don't know uh, yeah it's because... hard to it's hard to say uh but yeah the the the, <laughs> the titty poster i think is wasn't <laughs> wasn't gonna get on american tv i don't in think 85. harmony gold the amount of things that harmony gold censored just <laughs> that were pretty innocuous is you know yeah a lot, so I don't see how they would leave in full nudity. It's also, I guess, I like, I like the it, as short of a scene as it as it was. Claudia sort of like, you know, taking a little time off work in the bridge to go see Roy, uh, and then clearly a prelude to them just like boning down in his room. It's it is nice to see in the context of these sort of fumbling teen romances. It's nice to re- like have a reminder that the rest of the people on that this the ship... adults are just fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The adults, there's the like adults a... aren't. <laughs> the adults aren't slowing one. down. Yeah. yeah. A mature relationship is occurring elsewhere. You know, not everybody is a stupid teen Rick Hunter. Well, but we don't see a mature relationship. We see her walk into his room while he's asleep and he wakes up and is like, it's go time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does sort of make a grab for, for that do- that, dom- <laughs> that dumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's make a little money money, huh? Hey, Rory. Yes, sir. Rory, will you please be our, our beautiful guide through the world of of brands and, and commercialism this week, uh, I sure would hope to do that for for the pod. Yeah, of course, can you tell us about our new sponsor this week, Big City Anime? Yeah, everybody, uh, we're coming to you. We're coming to you hot off the presses, hot off, hot off. Uh, uh, anime is making waves right now. Uh, they're coming in. Um, I don't know if you know what's going on in the cities in America, but we're not. There, a lot of them are not doing that great, and um, you know, taxes taxes are high. Mm. People are leaving; they're moving to Austin. Um, Hello, <laughs> hello, <laughs> um, and that has meant for for a lot of us a complete reinvention of what it means to live in the city. 
And um, no sooner had that conversation begun than we were given a, um, a shining light at the end of the tunnel. Um, anime is anime is coming, and they're buying up our towns. <laughs> oh fuck! They're coming to save us. Uh, look, uh, we all know we all know that it's great to be uh, that anime is great, and yes. uh, why can't yeah, of course. why can't anime be great at you know local government too? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. <laughs> why aren't more people asking that? I mean, I was watching like a, a, a little slice of life local government anime the other day. But... <laughs> Yeah, so if you're if you're anywhere in one of the many cities that are dilapidating as we speak, uh, look look forward to uh, to a large cash infusion from uh, anime as they <laughs> as, as they, <laughs> as your re- new Lord as and they reinvigorate our our local economies and uh, <laughs> shake things up a bit. Uh, I I I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to um, as always. Akira bike races going through my going through downtown. Of yeah, course. Uh, by the waterfront. Yeah, I want to have fun One Piece adventures by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm I've always been curious about ladies only bathhouses with secret entrances for shenanigans. For the boys. Uh, and 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 anime says that maybe I won't get arrested. Is that right? That's right. You, you can may be certainly as big try. a pervert as I mean, you want <laughs> in anime cities. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about me. I don't want to do this. I'm just no, sort just of just hypothetically. If I were to look at a lot of underwear, what kind of repercussions <laughs> am I in for? And you're in luck because they're very lax on underwear crimes. Also, it says by royal decree, you are probably going to be torn between two or three different girlfriends. That's right. Uh, uh, everybody's going to have two or three girlfriends once anime <laughs> takes over. <laughs> <laughs> But what about no everybody? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, just make just make your checks out to anime. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have a choice. Right? They've all your, already. All your they've taxes. already. They've already infiltrated. If you think that sounds a little bit like a little like bit lopsided, anime? a little bit lopsided towards the the, the the straight male experience, well, bring it up with anime, I guess. Yeah, that is largely anime's fault. (laughs) Thanks, Rory, and thanks, anime. (laughs) Thank you, anime. (laughs) Thank you, anime. (laughs) Mayor anime. (laughs) It was a golden age for all mankind. Using the incredible exoskeletons called E-frames, we had successfully terraformed Venus and Mars and were poised to move on to the outer planets. Suddenly, it all ended. We were pressed into a nightmarish war on a scale previously unimagined. We were attacked by our own creations, the Neo-Sapiens, a race of artificially created humans. Led by Phaeton, they have seized control of Venus, Earth, and Mars. This is Lieutenant J.T. Marsh, member of the Exo Fleet, 
leader of a small band of E-frame pilots dedicated to freeing humanity from Neo-Sapien rule. We are the Exo Squad. All right, y'all. All right, everybody. Hello. Uh, the other episode, the other sky hunks we saw were uh, the men and the men and women of Exo Squad. We we started on episode two because we have previously seen episode one uh, that you can find in our peak 90s bullshit series or you can start here. Uh, you know, do your thing. <laughs> uh, episode two is called Seeds of Deception. In a fleet engagement, the Exo fleet emerges victorious over the pirate forces. On Earth, Sean Napier prevents the assassination of Phaeton, the Neo-Sapien governor of Mars, but is kicked off the police force for refusing to accept Phaeton's congratulations. The Exo fleet prepares to attack the pirate base on... Does anybody remember the pronunciation? Enceladus? 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 Empanatus? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Enceladus, but I don't know if I ever heard them say that out loud. Incel. But... Incel. Incel. Nice. On Incel World. Burn. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I thought this particular episode was wildly unfocused. <laughs> I think this episode was kind of a problem. Yeah. Now, I'm still on board for Exo Squad. I think that there's a lot of really cool shit in here. And the moments that are really good in this episode are really quite good. But, yeah. Well, and I'm curious. So, this clearly wants to get into mature content in a way that uh, it can for a a children's show. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, because I don't think it's obvious to me yet, if it's going to be, like, preachy or if they're just not comfortable with the handcuffs of the medium. Mhm. Yeah, so I've been kind of thinking about this <laughs> when I was watching Exo Squad episode 2. I was thinking about how like there is something happening here where a a kid show for some reason I will watch a kid show that you know uh, has adult themes, but if it was the same script and it was marketed for adults, it would just be an adult show that I don't like. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, if that makes sense, you know, like, like the, for some reason, the framing of it as a kid show still holds my interest. If it, if this was just for adults, I'd be like, great, this is a show I'm not interested in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and okay. So for those who did not uh, listen to that episode where we first watched Exo Squad or who've just forgotten, the extremely quick summary I could give is that we've got a, we've got sort of a, the expanse scenario where in the future we've got like different, like uh, we, we colonized Mars and some other places and the genetically engineered new type of humans that are, are like, okay at living on other planets, the Neo sapiens uh, slowly started being uh, our enemies. And there's like this former war, like 50 years ago that I guess is cool ish now, but there's a lot of like resentment and racism still around against the Neo sapiens. Yeah. We and... built them for service. And then they were like, Hey, we don't really like that. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, our main characters are all a member of the exo squad or the exo fleet or whatever you want to call it. They, they, they ride these mechs called E frames and it kind of seems like the E-frames are 
not loved by most of the rest of the military. They think they're kind of a gimmick or a little stupid. Uh, but damn it, our main characters are pilot piloting them and and they're awesome. And uh, we've got main characters who I won't bother to uh, to name. Uh, no, so but many. then there's yeah, there's a lot of characters in this show. Uh, and then there's this like governor of Mars, this this uh, this neo sapien named Phaeton, who is clearly going to do a villain turn very shortly is like in the process and uh, is kind of distracting the rest of the army with this like. Uh, campaign against local pirates led by this <laughs> giant lion looking man named uh, Simbaka. Simbaka. Yeah. Uh, so basically most of this episode is like the good guys fighting these pirates. Uh, and it seems like a bit of a side thing in a weird way. And then the rest of the episode is about a character well, cause it doesn't we've have never a met. Plot. I mean, you, you may say it's like militarily important and that may mm-hmm. be true, but it is kind of, you know, on screen, just a, a lot of cartoon nonsense. It's really well, not yeah. given the, right. the space to be, uh, to have any sort of emotional attachment to the comings and goings of this of this battle with the pirates. Right, Absolutely. because in the in the meta narrative of this, I think probably what like four or five episode like introductory arc Correct. that kind yeah. of sets up the main conflict of the show. Like we're not even into the show really being the show yet. Uh, this is all framed as a distraction that will put our main characters away from where the, uh, you know, the the what are they called again? The neo sapiens, the neo sapiens, the prenatal, the yeah, the nasal <laughs> prenatal vitamins, nasolabial, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it puts them, you know, in a different place, so that this this sort of whatever they're planning can can happen and kick off this new war, and uh, that means that we're just kind of in like a a lull where. It is a you bizarre know. decision. Like, even if even if the plot, as you've penned it for the first, like, five-episode miniseries, has your main characters being duped into a, a combat scenario that doesn't really matter, like, it's still wild that all of your main characters are off doing something that doesn't matter. And this whole, <laughs> this whole episode is, in fact, way more about some random cop that we've never met. Right. Yeah. And, this and, guy, Napier. Yeah. And I don't I don't know why they would decide to do that, but it has created a very weird episode uh, where I feel like we we every time we check in with the main characters, it's 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 like dogfights that I can barely even follow the logic of and nothing interesting happening. And no, and, and this is the second time we've kind of gotten into like, I mean, it's not minutia, really. But it's not interesting drama like the rules and regulations for flying XO XO uh, or E frames mm-hmm. where uh, the bosses tells Tanaka. Yes. Takagi. Oh, is it Takagi? Fuck, yeah, Takagi. I didn't remember that. Kaz Takagi. Yes. Yeah. So he's not allowed to fly right now because he bumped his noodle. And then he's like, well, that's not fair. Uh, Rumble get <laughs> so many goddamn. Bronsky. Bronsky, Bronsky <laughs> gets to fly. Rumble's a better name. <laughs> Bronsky gets Rumble to fly. Rumble and the Bronsky. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and the leader, you know, is justifiable. You know, come on, Ding Dong. You, He's got a sprained ankle or whatever. You can't see straight. Yeah. Um, but we don't care because no. why, 
why do we care if he gets to deploy or not to random bullshit missions? Yeah, this isn't like, a fight for their lives. This isn't like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he and, just wants to be accepted as a cool flight guy. And we've been given no reason to care about the pirates either. They're just no. scary. And we don't, uh, we, we're told they're pirates, but I guess, you know, I guess that means they're evil and should die. And we're off trying to get them. And we've see, we see Simbaka like, for two scenes in this episode and it's just to sort of vaguely say villain shit. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's a really weird a plot that so, I, I don't understand. The I don't normally behind. say this, but I think, I think this show gave the writers too much leeway. Um, I think maybe I it's a little indulgent at times. It's a little indulgent. And I, I just don't think they needed four or five episodes to really craft their narrative. You know, no. I mean, clearly they're, they think very highly of themselves as writers of this. I mean, um, the torn, the torn, like unity flag was so, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We've got to talk about <laughs> so <all> ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Cause the rest of our discussion should be about, uh, Sean Napier, the, po- the, the angry policeman and, uh, and, and these sort of increasingly Republican politics of this show. <laughs> 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 yeah. So uh, we were, were the first time that we see this guy. So we're, we're, we're given sort of like a little on screen text that tells us we're in Chicago on Earth and he gets in some random bar fight with a guy he doesn't know uh, who's like shit talking the EXO squad. And so we're like, you know, the, as a viewer, you're like, is OK, so is this guy like pilot an E-frame? Is he a member of the Exo squad? Like, who is this? Is this a character I don't I should know? Is this one of the main characters and I don't recognize his face? You're so unmoored. Right. Uh, and then after the the bar fight, the like guy at the bar is like, look, take it outside, pal, or I'm calling the police. Sorry, I am the police. <laughs> cool. Neat energy, bro. <laughs> uh, but the main, the main like set piece here is that he is kind of working security detail for this public speech that the mayor of Chicago and the governor of Mars are giving about. Yeah, making... they're going to be sister cities. Yeah, and as as was mentioned, there is a giant unity flag of a human hand shaking hands with a four fingered. Neo sapien hand, <laughs> and it's uh, it's all very kind of I don't know over overwrought a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, and then the you know um, Phaeton and his and his folks try to give this speech uh, and talk about unity, and meanwhile the heckling begins to happen with a bunch of old I guess old boomers, you know, some old racist <laughs> boomers basically who. Start heckling with very, I don't know. I feel like it, it. It gets pretty uncomfortable from here. Oh yeah. Um. And we so we talked about this with our first episode discussion with the sort of trepidation that it felt bad, kind of where they were structuring this conflict and that they were painting Neo Sapiens as the bad guys, largely, who were again sort of genetically created for service and then they did an uprising and it seems like the uprising now is the bad is the bad (laughs) thing and and all the humans are like you did this 50 years ago never forget well i would say okay to to counter that i know what what our what our issue was was we couldn't tell 
where this cartoon was positioning itself around this issue. Like right. if it knew what the actual problem was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll point to this. This is some of the line. This is the line. I that mean, the, crowd I mean the, the racist assassin is cartoonishly ugly. Uh, yes. And schemey looking. And the old boomers are fairly unsympathetic as well. But then we have Sean Napier, who does seem like a little bit more three dimensional. Right. Uh, so it, like, it is still tough to really get a grasp on what the what the thesis of the show is. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I'll I want to drop a clip, though, of, of them, of the crowd saying like, you can't trust the safes. They're all alike. Why do you think they all look alike? Which is like clear signaling that these people have the wrong opinion. Right. Yes. yes. But that's why it's so frustrating that. Phaeton is already planning his villainous scheme. Yeah, he isn't like turned in this. The races you know, were he... right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are scheming. <laughs> I know. I know. Like we don't get to see him make one last valiant attempt at like getting past all this and and just not being able to make inroads in Earth politics. Uh-huh. You know. And 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 that's that's kind that's kind of why I think we wanted to watch a little more of this to just sort of see whether or not like. A, a viewpoint surfaced uh, a, a nuanced uh, viewpoint yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'll all, say the, that the the one of the it caught me off guard and some of the reason that i do enjoy this show is because it doesn't seem afraid to drop in these like extremely adult moments one of the guys one of the hecklers as he's being dragged away yells they us. killed my Look wife she was 22 years old sir that was 50 oh years God. ago and like that's a that's like a legitimately interesting interaction. Like, like uh-huh. without context, like that those are two very interesting kind of like I'd love to dig into that idea. Well, like, and uh this there's a line before that too where they somebody says heckles Where were you 50 years ago? How many humans did you kill? And bear mm-hmm. in mind when this show came out, almost exactly 50 years from when this show came out was World War II, was, was sure. the Nazis. Sure. Um, and I don't know, I see some shades of that. Like, hey, asking some old Germans, hey, where were you 50 years ago? Uh-huh. Uh, also feels that way. But, you know, the, these are not the kind of people that, these, these are not Nazi metaphor. No, they're not. Enemies. These are seemingly disparaged, uh, a, a social class, like, of. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like, a, it's like a post cult colonialization sort of thing i mean there there are there are obviously allusions as well to being a to sort of being a subsur you know being a slave class but right uh, yeah but the fact that they are on mars i think that they're this or they're somewhere else kind of gives it that colonialist edge to it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's just it's all very messy and i think there <laughs> yeah. is some there is some responsibility that the yeah. writers need to wield when using these types of allusions that I agree just completely. was not was not in place. No. Well, and that's why what I said at the beginning is is what I said, right? Where it's like I can yet not tell if this is irresponsible or they're just not. They didn't know how to sort of t- tone their conversation, tone the metaphors they were trying to do. You know, tune it to the frequency of a children's show, mm-hmm. and, right. and 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 they missed the mark. Um, because I think. There is there's seemingly an attempt to not only discuss 
war and race and class in of you know a young show uh but to portray it in with with nuance and context and it's 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 not succeeding at that but i'm observing the attempt yeah, yeah they are grasping at something yeah yeah i think i think time will tell in in regards of like I, I think it's not actually nuanced to go, but what if the oppressed people are really the oppressors? Uh, <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's a particularly hot or interesting it's take not a to winning, explore. It's not a winning take. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. And then and then we get, we're we're sort of being given this, I guess, protagonist of this B plot, Sean Napier, this this cop who is completely refusing to let go of his like hatred for them uh at the expense of his career he he won't uh you know he he ends up saving phaeton's life from this assassin and when phaeton's like dude thanks i want to shake your hand he's like fuck no only your left arm is injured it permits me to shake your right hand He's thanking you, officer. Saving his life was my job. That doesn't mean I've forgotten what you sapes did 50 years ago. Yeah. And again, a, a, an interesting moment where he's like, I did my job. Like Lynn Kyle was saying, like, that's your job. Oh, yeah. yeah also, yeah. with Napier, it was like, it's my job to protect you, but I won't, you know, I won't shake your hand. I don't, I don't care about you. Yeah. And then not only, and then he lost his job, which also feels... Like, are we supposed to be sympathetic about yeah. a racist cop losing his job? But on the other <laughs> right. hand, all, but then on the other hand, all he did was not shake this this dude's hand. That does seem a little extreme. We're we're tossed in the middle in yeah. a very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> it's just a winning type, combination like, of factors right now. Yeah. Yes, it is so confusing, especially when. Phaeton, when we see him in private with other Neo Sapiens, right? Like he drives like him and his other his other his his cadre in their fancy limo or whatever drive by this this gross uh, racist graffiti of a Neo Sapien uh, that's like drawn them with horns. And he's like, horns, horns could be very useful. Soon the vermin will not dare to make fun of us. Patience, Livia, patience, all in good time. That side of things should have more nuance to me. That yeah. should have more interest. Like, Phaeton himself, I should be more interested in his motives. Right now, he just seems like he's he's going to do his wrestling heel turn any moment. And, and there it is. He's going to be evil for the rest of the show. And I really hope it isn't like that. I really yeah. do. Well, and, and, and that flip could be nuanced as well. It, it could be that his cadre is a significantly smaller portion of the Neo Sapiens than the impression that is given to us that he's yeah. uh, sort of a charismatic leader who has the support of his entire people. We could find out that's very much not the case. Right. Right. So, and, and of course, they have a Neo Sapien member of the Exo Squad. Yes. <laughs> but, it, you know, it really. The more who I see, spoke the more not a word this week, I think. No, did not appear. And and again, is is kind of a token character. I mean, it's kind of this like token character to sort of show that like, see? hey, everybody's OK. I, yeah, it's just it just feels it all feels so weird. I don't know where you guys are at. I'm willing to give this at least another week. Right. I, I do. I want to find out 
you know, if one of, you know, one of the possibilities comes becomes clear, I guess three possibilities would be this show genuinely doesn't really have a strong thesis and is just trying to sort of, you know, hot potato between, you know, mature themes as if that (laughs) counts. Uh, It could have a really crappy take. Um, And just like the, the takes we've been seeing where it's like, it seems like you're setting up cool stuff, but you're doing a lot of not cool stuff along the way. And I, I have not yet gained your trust. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this is a greasy hand grenade, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then the third, the third thing is that it actually does know, they do know what they're doing. They can pay this off. It actually will be interesting. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the odds are on that bet, but like, yeah. I want to, I do want to see which of those three outcomes becomes evident. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know if we explicitly mentioned that the, in the wake of, of an assassination attempt that that flag, the two handshaking. We did flag, mention, we didn't describe it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It, is, it is torn. It's torn down the middle. It's torn the hands. right. Yeah. Right where the two hands are. It's just, it's so overwrought. It's like a, it's like a between five and ten second long cut of like they linger. You get yeah. it. You get it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like like it's lamenting, you know, the the end of peace or something. But you've written, you haven't written like a a piece right now. You know, like you haven't written this sort of. It, this isn't a tragedy right now. Like this <laughs> is a bunch of evil people who who are you know don't deserve this i guess yeah well uh i'm i'm hopeful that next week we get more time with our actual characters we're supposed to give a shit about about that (laughs) yeah i mean really quick i mean maybe just to sort of remind people like what did we like about this show when we because i think part of it It, were these moments that caught us off guard it's sort of similar i don't think any of us said this is definitely good It, it it showed a lot of hints at doing a lot more than you know, punching away above its weight class, and it is still yeah. right. showing yeah. those hints. It is still showing that it could be doing a lot more with this with this medium and and the time slot you know that it is afforded uh, than it you know has any right to be doing at the time. Um, yeah, it, it yeah. does. It is seeming a little bit more uh, unlikely that it's going to go where it, we kind of hoped it would. Um, yeah. I think it also had it had that really interesting death scene where there were bodies. Right. It had these bodies floating through this through this like uh, weightless, you know, dead spaceship, and it never showed enough body at one time to kind of trip sensors up. It it was really effective, and it had that right. porn hologram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. They almost no did it again in this one, where uh, even though that the the tearing of the flag was so overwrought, it was to also preface a, a gunshot and a scream, or not preface, but like to conceal that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they did they did kind of pay off that moment, even if it was, you know, really sappy. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is another deeply indulgent moment that happens in this episode. That's with the. Uh, our regular main characters of the exo fleet. And this is sort of baffling to me. I mean, I, I, at this point I was sort of half paying attention, but we had a couple people that are talking about whatever nonsense. It doesn't matter. 
And then it kind of does this this cut to I think it's JD, JT, our, ma- JT our main Marsh. guy, JT, and he just sort of ba- they basically go to him to just say a really good line and then they cut to commercials. <laughs> you can review the tapes a thousand times to see what you did, what you should have done. But the only battle that really counts is the next one. Exosquad will be right back after these messages. And it, it doesn't like it doesn't. It's not part of anything. It's just yeah. like the writers were like, "Oh, we've got a really good. We need line. a hot. We got it. We need a hot line to. We got to a kick hot off the commercial. We're just gonna jerk off and you know." Like- <laughs> Exosquad will be back in a moment. Now back to Exosquad. All right. Well, that's that's going to be it for us today. It's time to it's time to to have some parting thoughts before we're completely blinded by the 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 light of a, a foreign sun reflecting off of all of these hunk abs. <laughs> um, I I I missed Skyhunks. I did it's too. Fun. The genre is what I missed. It, yeah. Yo, yeah, that's the thing because I think neither of these episodes really would. Uh, sing in and of themselves, but we we have a context for for. Uh, for them mm-hmm. and you know with uh, with robotech i mean this is sort of set up as the premiere of a next season i mean i'm guessing that's basically what it was like 13 episodes then some yeah. little like wrap-up yeah. filler bullshit it's, and then this is like the one that's one supposed three. to yes yeah, so this is the part that's kind of kicking off the next the next big segment and it really didn't bring a lot but uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I enjoyed it. It judging it as it's you know as a premiere, maybe a little bit. Right. Lacking. This was an appointment television. This wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and anime I think it makes a lot of episodes. It's true. I I I think that it there is a I don't know. I don't want to call it laziness, but I think there's there's sort of like a a knowledge of like we're doing a 36 episode show. Almost it's at not the a middle. real season premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Like we 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 know if you're if you're here already, you're here for this quiet moment episode. We're not going to do too much. We're just going to establish a new character. We're going to kind of like move a little bit of the, the global plot along. And, and you know, you'll be back next week for but, some fights. You know, I'm sure this we'll have wasn't, more fights. This wasn't a quote unquote quiet moment episode. We didn't spend 10 minutes with Rick who lost his glasses in the cornfield, you know, uh, <laughs> or so, so, some other sort of, you know, ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> some you, other contemplative you know, that classic episode plot. Well, Although just, that actually would have had conflict in the episode. It yes, wasn't but but it would have just been, a you know, a dude with a simple, you know, it has no greater context. You know, it's sort of a, a journey, a, a journey of self-discovery. Like, that's what I think of when I think of like a quiet episode is yeah. not to be a bottle episode, literally, but like. Doing something that is really anti-plot, and and this was not that. This this covered a lot of plot ground. It just yeah. didn't do anything new or interesting, or set new stakes, or raise the stakes that are there. Um, yeah, but we met a new hunk though, Lynn Kyle, the cautious hunk, the the, the cousin <laughs> hunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we had some interesting, some of the interesting government stuff that normally normally I hate it when they had like come up with reasons for stubborn government officials to, for some reason, <laughs> say no, despite all evidence to the contrary. But yeah. I feel like they actually had enough. They kind of earned it with reasoning. These they did kind of earn it, which I yeah. was appreciative of. Yeah. I mean, and then meanwhile, we've got Exo Squad, which honestly feels like 
some some I don't know jaded screenwriters who who couldn't get their like Jean Claude Van Damme movie produced <laughs> that they decided to you know make something out of cartoons and you know go go a, a side route or something. Yeah, and we're just kind of seeing their weird wish fulfillment in <laughs> you know in cartoon form, but. I'd be I'd definitely be down if we're still unless after next week, we're like, good God, I can't anymore. I think it would be fun to at least get through episode five, because apparently the first five episodes, if if we we have to pull the ripcord, we could try to sprint through a few episodes just to sort of get to the show. Being we could we could there the this first this first five episodes of Exo Squad is apparently fall of the human empire. Part one, two, three, four, five. Right. Uh, and you know, I mean, that's, that seems very much like, you know, we, we package that together on, on one VHS and call it follow the human empire. And, you know, and it would be almost like a self-contained thing. I'm, I'm interested in seeing whether or not they stick any kind of landing on this, uh, simply because, you know, I mean, o- outside of our complaints, which are very legitimate, like, I think that this show is taking swings that are far more interesting than most things that we consume on this podcast. Well, and, yeah. and like, to be honest, no other show has, well, not no other show, but few shows have uh, created the discussion that we had today about like intent and, you know, and racism and like the sort of like weird, deep, meaty things that are like, unexpected in a show for Saturday morning Tuesdays. I think that's, that's got some novelty value for a second, even if it's about how bad it's doing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm brought a lot of pause by any show around this era where the main characters don't just sound like aloe from dinosaurs and, you know, talk about, (laughs) well, we've got to use the laser to stop Dr. Madman from getting all of the nation's pie. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's the kind of shit I feel like we're used to. So anything that slightly okay, well, we elevates really do that. need to stop Dr. Madman because I'm going to need some of that pie. <laughs> I'd love you that. can't you can't take my pie, Dr. Madman. You can't take the pie from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, hey, Rory, do you do you have something for us? Maybe I do. I'm just an off an oldie, but a goodie because it's got we can where we can mint this one. We can make it official. And uh uh, this is uh, the Sorbo of the Week, everybody. Disappointed! Woo! Uh, oh, it happened later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are uh, banning a celebrity from our podcast every week, forever, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's forever. <laughs> And it's usually for their uh, lack of candor or decorum in the face of uh, an obvious better choice of words. (laughs) Or mood madness. (laughs) Moon madness, as I've been calling it. Uh, And this week's Sorbo of the Week, everybody, is out of the picture. Okay, yeah, that's classic. Uh, You know I had to bleep you on that, right? Oh, of course. We don't, we don't utter that word here. So now we've get into another bit that we do here on Saturday morning Tuesdays. The the the, the note where uh, her name is 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 forbidden to be uttered here. That has been a standing uh, thing that, that that we have done. Yeah, and uh, and we're just taking it one one bit further. Uh, 
She's gone. She can't even listen to us not say her name anymore. She can't even Google it. If she types in Saturday morning Tuesdays into Google, uh, the cops are already on the way. I mean, she's got like a uh, hundred billion dollars. I don't think she has to type anything into Google herself. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> going to say she has her own Google. <laughs> oh, that's probably also true. <laughs> I mean, I bet they're... No, I, I want to... I actually... I was thinking... I actually want to censor that bit, too. I want it to be only through context people eventually figure it out. Figure uh, what part <laughs> out? What are, you, what are you trying to censor? <laughs> Everything where uh, we've given a hint as to who this is. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> full bleeps. I love it. Full bleeps. <laughs> you get a full bleep, ma'am. And uh, and, <laughs> and uh, maybe keep your mouth shut forever and quit, <laughs> you know, quit your quit being you. <laughs> and give me give me some of that money. <laughs> God. And maybe that private Google. I bet it's cool. Yeah. Well, listen, listen, lady, you've been sorboed. So pip, <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. And that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you. I hope you're excited for uh, a trip down Skyhunk Lane. And uh, we're going to have to see you next Tuesday. Yeah.